Imagine this. It's an ordinary Tuesday, but something's different today. You inhale deeply as you wait. You see the sun peeking through the curtains perfectly, and you internally whisper, Ah, thank you. You know challenges will arise today, but you also feel grateful because without challenges, you wouldn't know ease. Without hardships, you wouldn't know flow, and without heartbreak, you wouldn't know love. My hope is to have you lean more toward the side of gratefulness, gratitude, and a world that has so much beauty to offer us. But a lot of times, we are so controlled by our minds that we can walk right by it and never even experience it. This is Opaloma, and I'm your host, Casey Zaruba. Welcome. Hi, hello, hey, friends. Okay, honestly, the fact that I'm even able to get this recorded this week is like a dream in itself. I'm literally hopping on a flight after I shower and pack in like three hours. It's fine. Everything's fine. However, I am actually so excited to talk about this. And there's probably like a little bit of controversy with this topic, but it's something that I feel like we all experience and something that I feel like we don't either talk about enough or we definitely aren't recognizing enough. The only reason that I have recognized it is because of kind of my dive into learning a little bit more about my human design just kind of helped me like realize this a little bit more. And so what I want to talk about is breaking the cycles of deep conditioning when we don't even recognize the fact that we are living a more conditioned life in different areas. It might not be in every area of our life, but I feel pretty confident in saying that every single person on this planet (laughs) is living in some kind of conditioning, whether that's consciously or subconsciously. And I also want to note that I don't think being conditioned or the person or the experiences that conditioned you is a bad thing. I don't think that when you're conditioned to something that it's like always this like deep, dark, like thing where people were coming for you. I don't think that at all. I think it's just part of life to be totally honest. And that's why I feel pretty confident in saying that I feel like every single person is living some kind of conditioning. And the only way to break the conditioning is to recognize it first, right? Like it's to even realize it's even happening. And whenever I kind of started learning about human design, which I've mentioned this before, but mine is manifester. There's like different ones. It was the first time that I ever really started recognizing it in my life and taking active steps to try to change it, even when it's really uncomfortable. For example, a conditioning that I'm like literally have, and I am struggling to talk about right now is honestly human design. Like I used to be, I like, I I didn't used to be, I am still a like believer in God and Jesus. Like that's not even up for question, but I have struggled with the church in the past. And so this is no secret if you followed me for a while. And, and so I have in the past had a pretty heavy Christian following and over time, um, I have shifted the way that I show up and share, and I'm always really scared of being heavily criticized by Christians because that has been my history in the last two years. And I also want to note that like not all Christians, I am very, I'm very careful on never lumping everybody into one group. It's just like my personal experience that, um, Christians like honestly haven't been the nicest to me and I've always been a Christian. So I feel like I can say that. But they don't like change. Christians don't like change. And they definitely don't always love for you to explore things. And so I feel like I haven't always been given like the most grace 
But again, it's not all Christians. So anyway, so I struggle to even like mention human design because it's a little woo and it's a little bit different of a thought process and way to look at things. And, you know, even with Enneagram, a lot of Christians don't like that. And so anyways, that was just like some truth about like some of my own conditioning and feeling comfortable, just really just talking about what I want to say. I even like I cuss in normal life and I'm really big on things or only have power of what you give them power. And even if I cuss around my children, um, they know I, I'm not five years old, so I don't, I don't need to speak like a five-year-old and not that I should be cussing around them at all. But if I do, like I'm one, I'm human and you are too. And two, my kids know that there are some things adults are allowed to do that they are not allowed to do. Like they're very clear on that. And so, um, I always feel like we, we do things in like healthy ways. So anyways, sorry, I kind of got on a tangent there, but I always like to be relatable to you. So any, anything that I speak on, I always want it to be super, super clear that I'm only speaking on it because I've experienced it or I'm currently experiencing it. I'm currently walking through it. Like there's not really anything I'm ever probably going to talk about that I myself have not gone through or I'm currently going through or have had some experience on. Doesn't make me an expert in everywhere, in every area by any means. And I never pretend to be. It's just like, hey, I want to bring you along the journey in case you're in the same spot. I want you to know you're not in the boat alone kind of thing. So like with conditioning, if you're not sure like what conditioning even looks like, it's basically a memory, a trauma, an experience, an adult, a thing, a person, a place that has made you believe one thing. Like to, like, for example, a type of conditioning could have been when I was a kid, honestly, this is still true as an adult. When I was a kid, I was always very, I know this is going to be very shocking to you guys if you follow me, but I was very like outgoing and spunky. My clothes never matched. My hair was always crazy. I was a tomboy. Like there was like a period in elementary where I wore jinkos, very different than the wide leg high rise that I wear now. But yes, I went hardcore jinkos. <laughs> it makes me laugh even thinking about. I was like a, I was a crazy kid, you know. So when I was a kid, I was definitely like a very outgoing, loud kid. And I, I, I could be the center of attention. I could still be the center of attention. I can handle eyes on me. This is where I think some people think wrong about people who are like willing to speak on stages. I think a lot of times people who are really outgoing get the rap of like, they like to be the center of attention. I've been told that my whole life. You like to be the center of attention. You like to be the center of attention. What I've come to find out and to realize is it's, it's actually not that I love being the center of attention. I actually get very nervous and like break out in hives. What I don't love is for other people to feel like they have to be the center of attention. And I just really come to this and like realize this as an adult, because when I am the center of attention, I talk a lot and I break out in hives and I'm actually pretty nervous. I'm able to do it and I'm always willing to step up to the plate to do it, especially if it's to like better myself, further my career, you know, business, anything like that. But what I've realized is the thought or seeing somebody else be so uncomfortable, I would rather put myself in an uncomfortable position and put eyes on me than how I can see it's making somebody else really uncomfortable. And that's like a perfect example is like, since I was young, this is again, nobody's fault, like not my parents fault, not my friends, my siblings, nobody's. 
my teachers, literally from the, as little as I can remember, I've been told, oh, you just like, are, you're so goofy and silly and the center of attention. People start putting these labels on you. Again, this isn't like this big labels conversation. That's just life, right? Like you, you notice a kid's characteristics and personalities and we all have to describe that, right? That's all it is. However, that word center of attention has stuck with me and it's it's not really ever used in a positive way. Like when you say someone loves being the center of attention, that's typically not in like a positive way, right? Like you're usually saying like, oh, you like all eyes on you. You like to take attention from others. Like you think you're more important than people. And so since I've been like little, I have always just assumed that's me, you know? And and that's not because I came up with that. It's because other people came up with that for me and I... I believed it. And it's like someone telling you the loud kid or you're the shy kid. You know, that's my sister. Like from as little as she can be, everyone's told her she's the shy kid. And so she's always kind of been the shy girl. And a lot of times I feel like unconsciously we choose to fit the molds that other people decided for us. We've decided like what you said, I'm just going to take as actually who I am. And I think as an adult, I've realized that I do have a lot of conditioning of what other people decided I was going to be. And so I've kind of bought that and decided it for myself. And so that's kind of what conditioning is. Basically, somebody else speaking things over you, typically as a child, of course, these things are spoken over to you over you as an adult as well, maybe over someone on social media, over a relationship, whatever it is. These things have been spoken over you, whether consciously, unconsciously, whether with a good heart, a bad heart, whatever it is, typically it settles in as a kid though. Typically, if you think back or like, what are some key statements like people continuously mentioned about me as a kid? If I look at my life as an adult, am I fitting the mold of the things that people were told me as a kid? And you most likely are. It's crazy how those things stick with you. And so The reason this whole thing came up is like, as I've started learning a little bit more about human design and human design is not me learning about that is not because it's something I want to teach. It's something because I want to know more about me. Like I want to help understand my ticks. I want to help understand my triggers and everything that I'm learning just aligns. I mean, like literally I read it and I'm like, holy shit, that is literally me to a T. And even sometimes when I would read Enneagram stuff, I'm like, yeah, I see that. A lot of that is true, but it was never quite as spot on. And so anyway, so just kind of like, let that sit with you. Are there things that people would speak over you as a child that you can see that you've chosen? You are fitting the mold as an adult. And it's pretty eye opening if I look at it for myself and I've done it for like probably over a year now, I've kind of been diving into this. And so the other thing is, how do I recognize, you know, cause everybody, like when you hear something like, oh my gosh, am I feeling this way? Because I was told this, am I feeling this way? You know, like, don't go too crazy on it. Just, you know, kind of have that conversation with yourself. The second part of this is how do I recognize if I'm conditioned in an area? How do I recognize if I'm conditioned to show up in a way that is better for other people than it is for me? And this is how. Is when you go to do something, when you go to say something, when you go to experience something, when you go to share something, are you sharing it? Are you sharing it in a way that 
that you're coming at it from a place of, I'm supposed, if you can have this singular sentence, this is how you know you're conditioned to a bit, to a point, you know, again, not an extreme way, but just like you can, you can recognize some conditioning there. I want to share in this way. I want to show up in this way, but I feel like I'm supposed to show up in this way. If at any point in something that you're doing includes that thought process or that sentence or that conversation with yourself, that's how you know and you can recognize that you have a little bit of conditioning or maybe a lot of conditioning in that area that you could probably work on. Now, what's probably going to immediately follow after this is you realize you say that sentence about absolutely everything. You know how many times <laughs> you know how many times I'm like, what I really want to say is F off. But what I'm going to say is this, like, obviously there are some things that are just like, okay, it's not conditioning. It's just me recognizing that I'm in my feelings and I'm in, I'm reactive right now. So I'm going to hold back. That is different. But if like, say you're showing up in your business or social media and you're like, I really want to be sharing this. I want to really just be dressing like this, but I feel like people are not going to like this. So instead I'm going to show up in this way. That is, that is conditioning. That is you pleasing the people before pleasing yourself. And that is so harmful over time. That is going to slowly chip away at your enthusiasm, at your life, at your like spirit, at your excitement, at your joy. It's going to slowly chip away and build up a mountain of resentment. I promise you it will happen because I've done it before. There is nothing, if you were to ask Tyler, like, what is something that is like genuinely so hard for Casey that a lot of people probably wouldn't think is that big of a deal? And he would say doing something she doesn't want to do. It like eats at her soul. Like she does not want to do. And I'm not talking like I don't want to do the dishes today. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm like feeling stuck, feeling like I don't have control. Like that is a big one for me. I recognize that, but that's a big one. So just as you're kind of moving along in your, you know, thought process of like conditioning and all of that, again, remind yourself if how to recognize it is if you end up having a conversation with yourself over something saying like, I really want to be doing it this way. I want to be designing this way. I want to be showing up this way, but I feel like I'm supposed to do it this way to basically fit the mold or to make people happy. That's a huge one. The third and final part of conditioning is how do you change it? How do you stop it? How do you reverse it? How do you move back from it? One is recognizing it, right? That's the big one, recognizing it. And two, realizing those areas of conditioning probably just need a little bit of healing. And at the end of the day, healing healing and recognizing it is kind of the same thing. What happens when we don't acknowledge things, when we don't give them attention is we don't we aren't able to heal them. We aren't able to process them. And when you can't process something, there's absolutely no way that you can heal it. If you can't face it, if you can't just call it for what it is, if you can't admit to yourself how much that affected you, regardless of what anybody thinks, regardless if other people think it should have affected you, then it's very hard to move on from it and process it. Healing is just a process of releasing it, of, re of saying like, I've felt this. Oh my gosh, this just made me like teary. I feel this. 
And no matter what anybody thinks, it was hard for me and it's still hard for me, but I can move on from it and I can release it and I can release the control. I can release acting like it didn't happen. I can, and you guys acting like it, it didn't need to be some ginormous traumatic thing in your life. You know, the other people would just, again, maybe see as like, I mean, it's just not that big of a deal. You know, I thought this was going to be like some monumental thing. That's not for anybody else to decide. If it was a friendship, if it was the way that somebody slided you on social media that you've never met before, nobody gets to decide how something affected you. If it was, you know, a grandparent when you were younger, a parent, a sibling, a family member, if it was a teacher in school, if it was a, you know, an incident in school. And again, it doesn't need to be some big traumatic thing. Anything that you've held on to that you're not processing, you're growing, you're growing the feelings, you're growing the pain, you're carrying it all. And the second you, you release it, you can begin to heal it. And so that's really important part of it. The other part of being able to change it is being really, and this is going to sound, could sound a little harsh, but you have to be an active participant in your story instead of a bystander. You cannot sit back with popcorn in your hand and say, oh, sister turn, take a right, take a right, take a right. I, this is not going to end well for you. I can see where this is going and take no action. You actually need to be in the story. You know, the last two months have been really hard because Tyler's traveled a lot for work, a lot more than usual, a lot less than some like military families, things like that. However, it's just not our normal. And I am running and growing a business and we have six kids and we have two that aren't in school full time yet. Yumi goes to school, but she only goes to preschool half a day. And so I really only get three hours a day with just one kid. And even her, you know, she's four. She's, you know, needing water and another snack every 37 seconds. So it's really easy to convince yourself of all the things. Every excuse, and I am going to use that word, and I know that's probably triggering. Every excuse that you've ever thought of, I've given myself as well. Yesterday, Tyler even gave me a pass. He was like, babe, just, you don't have to create every single day. Like throw in the towel today get under a blanket, get on the couch and just watch TV all day. You know, just whatever you need to do to make yourself feel good today, do that. And although I do think rest days are extremely not important, they're absolutely necessary to your personal and like growth and your business growth, your success growth. I also think that we can't convince ourselves that we need those all the time or that we deserve those all the time. And so yesterday, like had a hard morning. I've had a lot of hard mornings lately and merely just because I've just, I'm just in a hard mom season right now. Like we're in the thick of the fours and you know, it's just, it's just been hard. That's just what, I mean, there's really no lingering. That's just what it is. And honestly, it would have been really easy to just throw the talent on the day, but I didn't, I got dressed. I put makeup on, I went outside cause I know that's where I thrive is being outside. And I sat on my computer the rest of the day. I ended up getting a lot of work done. I got content created. I showed up on social media. I got a reel made. I got some backend work done on the website, on email series, on templates, like all this stuff. I got a lot of work done. And I think that's what I mean when I say you have to be an active participant in your story. You have choices. You have choices if you linger in pain, if you linger in laziness, if you linger in your head and don't get to work. And you also have choices if you linger in happiness, you know, like 
you have complete control over where your thoughts go, even if it doesn't feel like it. And even if you feel like you don't have complete control, you definitely know things that will help shift you. You know, if you go sit in your dark room, you're going to push yourself further into a hard day. You also probably know if you get up and get dressed, brush your teeth, put your makeup and your clothes on, and you go outside and go for a walk, it's probably going to push you into a good day. So like we do have choices in our journey. And after everything, after your hard day, your good day, your good news, your bad news, something that is really easy to help snap you back into that thought process is repeating to yourself, I am an active participant in my own story. What do I want my role to be? Like that's a strong statement to make to yourself because it's, it's like in your face, right? Like I'm an active participant in my life, in my story, in my success, in my relationship, whatever thing you're struggling with, follow it up. I'm an active participant in dot, dot, dot. What do I want my role to be? I'm an active participant in motherhood. What do I want my role to be in motherhood? You know, what kind of childhood do I want my kids to have? What kind of memories do I want them to have with me? You know, um, one of my kids, actually a couple of my kids, three of my kids, actually, sometimes they just, their outfits are a little, a little crazy, <laughs> which is hilarious. Cause that was me as a kid. Their outfits are a little crazy. And honestly, they probably go to school and people probably look at them and they're like, their mom does not care at all what they dress like. Murphy always like that crazy socks on, you know, bright green shirt with Mickey Mouse shorts, you know, whatever. And I actually meant to not mention which kids, but that's okay. It's not, that's kind of irrelevant. However, I have chosen that like my role in the way that they, because the thing is, is like when somebody says like, how do you think I look? You're never putting that outfit on knowing you look ugly and asking someone knowing you look ugly. You're only ever saying that if you want a confirmation of confidence, a confirmation of you look good, right? So if my kids get themselves dressed and they picked out their outfits all on their own, I have one of two choices. I can, it's the easiest, cheapest way to boost their confidence to saying that they look great in, in choices they made, not choices mom picked out, but choices they made. I also have a choice to like take a knock at their confidence, you know, like school is hard. Elementary school is hard. Middle high school, all of them, they're really, really hard. And so I don't, I don't want to take the opportunity, even though like sometimes Tyler and I always side eye each other and we're like, Ooh, really picked that today, huh? You know, but we really feel like that's an opportunity, a really easy opportunity to build our kids up. And so we just always take that, you know, our kids are big and like, they think matching is pink bow, pink shirt, pink shoes, pink socks, pink pants, pink everything, you know, our blue, 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 you know, and we, Tyler and I are always cringing a little bit, but we're also like, but you know what? Like they clearly put that on because they felt confident in it and they feel like it looks good. So if I give any kind of criticism, like it's going to knock their confidence and it's just not worth it. Like to be totally honest, when my kids were younger, um, I used to match my kids in these perfect outfits and do all of this. And don't get me wrong. Like I still try to buy really cute clothes for my kids, even if they don't put it together the way that I would put it together. But my, it's not my kid's job to impress people because of their perfectly put together outfits, right? Like if I could dress my kids, of course they would wear like high tops and vans every day. And they would wear wide legs and these cute Zara shirts and cotton on and like, they would have these super cute dope outfits. But at the end of the day, like my kids are not here to impress you. 
They're not here to impress other adults, you know, like, so I kind of stopped, like I stopped dressing my kids in perfect matching outfits in the perfect everything, like styling them before a picture. First of all, it was just causing a lot of tension. Like I was yelling at my kids a lot, trying to get perfect pictures and perfect outfits. And I recognized it and I just made the decision to stop. Like my kids don't want to wear my perfectly neutral outfits that I pick for them. Right. And so like, I, I just stopped, I like let them have a choice in now. And if that's you also, I just want to say like, you're doing nothing wrong. (laughs) Like, please don't like take that as like mom guilt by any means. But that was just an area I recognized I was not being a great mom because I could see when I was trying to get these perfectly lined up pictures of my kids and these perfect neutral outfits and looking like a photo shoot, like my kids weren't happy. I wasn't happy. And I was just done. I was done. And it's been great since then. So I hope that if nothing else, this just kind of helps you recognize it, understanding what it is and make some changes only to better you only to better your situation, your family, whatever it is. If you haven't seen, I recently launched a free guide. It's called Pathway to Peace. It's absolutely amazing. It's basically a mini guide. What I'm seeing all over the internet, and I love it. I am cheering it on. I am here for it. I see a lot of business coaches, a lot of Instagram strategy, TikTok strategy, a lot of ways to scale your business, whatever your business is. It doesn't matter what your business is. Where I think there's a huge missing piece that I'm really excited to fill in because I think it's a very crucial piece that a lot of people are overlooking is a lot of people are giving strategies, business strategy to put into place to scale your business again, regardless of the business that you have. But nobody is talking about the work that needs to be done on you to be able to have yourself in a place to implement those strategies. If your mind and heart and like you personally, like your soul is super chaotic and you have no personal peace, your business will not thrive. I promise you that. Not only that, God forbid you have a team. God forbid you be in a leadership position. You need to lead from the front. This is something I've said in my business for years. I always plan to lead from the front. You cannot do that from an unpeaceful place. So this inner work, will trickle to abundance. It will trickle in your business. It will trickle if you run a team or you're in a leadership position. It will help you thrive in those areas in ways that you have never imagined. Because what happens is if you have a chaotic heart, if you have a chaotic mind, you're not leaving room for creativeness. Like you're not leaving room for that creative aspect to really take off. You're spending so much time just trying to figure your own shit out that you can't focus on scaling something So let's work on those concurrently. Let's work on your inner stuff. Let's help you get some peace and get you some real tools and resources for yourself so you can put all your energy into scaling something really amazing for you, for your family, even if you don't have a family, whatever your business is. Like do this work concurrently. Don't just scale a business and put yourself on the back burner, put your own peace on the back burner. So I've created this free mini guide. It's called Pathway to Peace. I have a highlight on Opaloma underscore. It's in my stories. It's in the feed. It's free. Go check it out. Honestly, it was just a really amazing way to be able to bless you guys. Um, I also have the bags. The spring launch of the sweatshirts has been going amazing all on the website, all linked on Opaloma underscore on Instagram. I hope you guys have the most blessed week. I hope this conversation has blessed you. If you love what you hear, I would love for you to follow along on Spotify or Apple. 
I would also love a rate and review on Spotify or Apple. I don't focus too much on those, but the algorithm definitely does. So the more that you share, the more that you rate and review, it really helps me a lot and helps the podcast continue going and all the things. So hope you guys have the best week ever. Thank you so much for tuning in. Catch you on the flip side. Close your eyes. Well, unless you're driving and then maybe let's not. One inhale, one exhale. You're doing it, my friend. You're changing hard things into new things. And little by little, you're taking control over your emotions and your future. And I am so damn proud of you for that. You should be too. I feel honored to do the work alongside you. If you want to follow along my sweet, not so little family, you can find me on Instagram at Zarubalife and at oo.paloma. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time.